This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here. I have been voted uh, most hated podcaster in Orlando. They held the vote uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, so so I got that. I got that going for me. Hi, Orlando fans. Hi, newly listening Orlando fans. Welcome to the show. Trust me, I'm not as big of a troll as I was that day on Twitter. It was a bad day. It was a bad day. Um, but John, how, how are you doing, man? How was your weekend? I mean, I'm good. I mean, my I, I, I've been yelled at much less on the internet than you have in the last 48 hours. So I'm I'm good. Um, yeah, yeah. You're still. I you're. I think your 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 numbers aren't looking great in Florida, but you're you are still ahead of Bloomberg by two points. So ah, the, good. Good news. Good. For now. Good. 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 Um. Yeah, man. We got we got a team to talk about. We got uh, we got DC United. We still have not seen a single minute live streaming. Of DC United, uh, we've seen more of other teams playing in Concacaf Champions League, uh, which you know we're all big fans of that. Montreal played tonight. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, you will probably already know the result. Uh, but you uh, will. what's that? You will for sure. Just the way the time works, you yep. will absolutely know how that goes. Yeah, I mean, you know, you never know. You might not have seen it yet by the time you're the listening. Fastest you never edit, know. the fastest edit and publish <laughs> in I, world I, history. I get these out quickly. Okay, um, yeah. I get these out quickly. Uh, but let's uh let let's start talking DC. Let let's go ahead. Let let's let's rip that bandaid off. I I danced around this for about a couple minutes because I don't want to talk about this. This is this is this is partly the reason why I decided I I needed to vent a little bit. I needed I needed to get mad at something because you know when freak incidents like what happened today happen to a player who I think DC DC United fans all really like. Um, and everything, I, I think, I think, you know, you almost need something to get mad at and, you know, let's be, let's be serious. I, I don't think, you know, Orlando's intentionally out there injuring players, but it does seem like this team suffers injuries when we pay, play Orlando. Uh, yeah, we couldn't see the challenge as, as Orlando fans have pointed out, uh, you know, ACL tears can come from non-contact, but, uh, but, uh, something bad happened to Paul Areola, uh, stalwart hardest hard, probably the hardest working player out on the field. Uh, partially tore his ACL. Um, it is still undetermined as to when he'll be back. Um, you know, at first it was like, it was looking like a completely torn ACL and everybody's like, he, you know, he could be done for the year. We then got, it was a partially torn, you know, his, his mom was out there on Twitter saying, Oh, you know, the doctors, you know, everything's going great. We're, we're, we're praying for him. Um, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, at first I was like, oh, it's a partially torn. Okay, that, that's got to be better, right? That's got to be better. Uh, you, you have your doubts as to whether this is actually better or not. Um, I do. Uh, man, I, I don't know. I, I feel like this whole offseason, this whole offseason started out great. You know, you signed Flores, you bring in Gressel, and I'm like, great. You know, maybe we need like one or two more pieces, maybe some depth options, and we're good to go this year. Like, I think this team can compete. I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. Um, so far, the roster has not changed since Gressel, I'm not even counting Eric Sorgra because when he was signed, I was like, there's no way this guy is not playing for DC. I know he was signed for Loudon and then they were going to try to fit him in. He's playing for DC. He's out there right now. He scored a goal uh, for DC for, for something positive in the preseason game that we can't watch because, you know, no one can grab a cell phone. I mean, I shot a opening round open cup game once on my cell phone and it was fine. I don't understand I why. It. Yes, I know you did. 
I know you did, and I don't know why DC can't do the same. But anyway, uh, yeah, man, I'm really dancing around. I really don't want to talk about this. I just want to imagine the fact that Paul Ariola is still healthy and out there. John, what are your give me? Can you give me some reason for hope? I know you're not going to, but I figured I would ask anyway. <laughs> so no, I can't, Ted. I I cannot be your your solace in the storm. You can't moment. lie to me. I want you to lie to me, please. All right. So what this means is uh, that Julian Gressel gets a chance to really blossom into the offensive player that he needs to be. Uh, really earns his new contract that he's just been either given or will soon be given. And it means that Ariel is going to come in in the second half of the season with a partially torn ACL that will magically heal itself without surgery, like no ACL has ever done. Uh, and he'll he'll be able to contribute and never get injured again and never fully tear that ACL. So it's it's there's a lot of possibilities <clears throat> that are <clears throat> going to have going to have back to the back to the seriousness. So I, you know, when I saw partially torn ACL, I said, this is one of those rip the bandaid off situations usually with a with a thing muscles and muscles recover tendons do not recover tendons do not heal um with time uh they just stay kind of the way they are you can strengthen around them you can strengthen around the muscles around the tendons and around the ligaments uh but you can't make them heal um so he could do platelet replacement he could do prp inject it into where the where the uh where the, lig- the ligament was partially torn and hope to generate some recovery and some health, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it. I would have preferred that we just, maybe they will. We, it, they've, they have been decidedly slow with updates on this since we heard that it was a partially torn ACL. So likely what's going on is he's saying, okay, but what does that really mean? What, what is the likelihood if I just do rehab on this, I come back, what is the likelihood that I, that I injure it again? And then I'm out the whole clock starts again. I'm nine months again, instead of, instead of three to six, I would be just, I would be, I would prefer, I think someone was talking about this on Twitter. He, this is the last year of his contract. I would say sign him to another contract two maybe two years, three years. And then if, if it's partially torn and the, and the surgeon agrees and the doctor agrees and he agrees, get it fixed, get him lined up for next year. Uh, so that way that you have him uh, ready to go when 2021 starts and under contract for more than one year while he works his way back. Um, I just think that to do, to do otherwise to sort of like rush him back and potentially not let him heal all the way that he needs to uh, would, would really in the long term hurt the player and hurt the team. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think another reason too, is that they are keeping him in Florida for the time being to, for the swelling to go down because, you know, we all know about when you pick up injuries and you try to fly immediately, uh, bad things tend to happen. So I think they're 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 taking the smart, cautious route um, with this. And you know, I, again, you know, you it, it's a tough decision. Do you know? Do you you know? But I think the toughest the toughest thing about this for Ariola is he he was getting some uh, he was getting some talk. There was some talk in Europe. You know, there was some talk outside that that other teams were interested in in signing him and bringing him in um, in Europe. And, and many people were actually thinking when we signed Gressel, the sort of, you know, back of the mind type thought was, well, here's a guy who, you know, if Ariola leaves, Gressel kind of slots right into his place um, and replaces him. Um, and now all of that's probably done. He, I mean, he will probably either be playing for DC or God forbid, walking on walking out on a free contract and going elsewhere. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the team should... You know, maybe let, let's let let's see what the situation is. You know, obviously he he's probably gutted, 
And then, you know, once the dust settles, say, okay, all right, we, we want to bring you back. I mean, we, we want to we want to have you for next year at the very least. Let's work out a new contract. You know, we're willing to, you know, pretty much give you whatever you want, allow you to heal. You know, take that pressure off of you of where what am I going to do next season? Um, so, you know, you can focus on on healing and getting better. And that and that's the crucial thing. You know, as much as I, you know, have in, the, in my head that he comes back in three to four months, you know, what happens if, you know, he plays two games and then fully tears it and he's out for the season again. And then it's even a question then at that point, whether he's ready by next season. Um, you look at what happened with, uh, with Fisher and what happened with his injury. He was out, you know, he came back, he was signed in 2019, uh, but didn't really play a single minute in 2019. Um, and you know, that, that, that those types of things can happen with big, with serious injuries like that. So, you know, and particularly with, you know, a player like Fisher, it, Fisher's a, a good player, a, a definitely a better soccer player, professional soccer player than most out there. That's why he's on this roster. But DC's not spending two million dollars on this guy, uh, you know, two million a season or, or however much they're paying. I forget forget exactly what Ariel's salary is, uh, but it's at, it's, at, it's at the DP level. Um, so, you know, they're 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 paying a lot of lot large sum of money. So they need to consider not just what's good for him right now, but also what's good for his career down the road. And what's good to get him back on the field, you know, fully healthy, certainly by 2021. So, you know, they this is going to be probably one of those things where I don't know if we'll actually ever get an answer on when he'll be back. I could very well see them just pushing it out, pushing it out. You know, oh, he's still out. He's still out. He's still out. And, you know, maybe we'll get a quip from golf where he's like, you know, yeah, he's gone. He's done for the season. or He's on lockdown. Or, you know, we'll hear we'll see him on the field in, in, in the summer and we can all get excited. Um, but I, I would tend towards, we're not really going to find out too much. Yep. So obviously we need more players. So (laughs) get on it, Dave. Yeah. And that, and that's, and that's really the storyline because I think the biggest thing we talked about, the biggest thing we discussed, you know, coming in the season when they signed Gressel, they had Flores. We're like, okay, we got, we got the depth in midfield now. And now we're we're good. We're set. You know, we got plenty of depth, you know, it's going to be Gressel, Flores, Assad and uh, Ariola kind of vying, all vying for those spots. Maybe one of them shifts out to the right. And then that creates, you know, Canals, Moreno and, and, uh, and um, Felipe sort of contending in that center spot, you know, four, we need to sign another four. Now now it's like, all that's basically out the window. Uh, This, this roster is paper thin folks. Um, And you know, we're DC is normally very, very quiet. Um, about signings. I think the only thing we've gotten is the, is the DiBiase signing uh, in France. Um, and that's sort of been the only sort of rumbling that sort of happened. Um, you know, things tend to happen quickly with DC, which is in a sense a, a good thing, I guess, is that, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're not, players aren't getting tipped off and, you know, things aren't, you can kind of you know, negotiate things very secretly. And if it doesn't work out, then you didn't just, you know, build your fans up for something amazing happening. And then the player gets on the, uh, on the air, airplane and he's like, no, actually, I kind of want to stay. So, um, I mean, that's going to be the ultimate question. Can this team bring anybody in? They, they need depth pieces. It was a problem before Ariel's injury. This team needs depth pieces. Are you, how confident are you, John right now? How, how excited are you feeling? (laughs) If this was the video podcast, you would see my face. I'm not at all. Um, to be honest with you, I we had an episode. I don't know how many it was ago. Uh, it was when we were potentially signing Lozano. Yeah, and I was just just high as hell on the possibility of this team really starting to spend some money. And they did. They, they you know they did spend money one time. It was great. We all appreciated it. 
Um, I think I said that the team would break their uh, their their record transfer fee multiple times this offseason. I don't think they're going to do that anymore. Um, I, I'm not confident. I think that if you looked at the predictions around the league for DC United's finish uh, in the East, uh, they're not confident either. Uh, there was a lot of sixth, seventh, and eighth in the East uh, contention here for for looking at this roster, it, and you can't blame them. Yeah, there's was, nothing. There's nothing. You're talking about a front three that have still played no minutes together. Yeah, the season's <laughs> long, so they'll obviously find their rhythm over time. But you can't stake, you cannot stake a future and a projection of points based on something that's completely unproven, and a and a lineup that you can just look at and say, uh. Are you going to have a contest to to make up the the bench spots on your on your game day roster of like fans? What's going to ha- how are you going to do this? It, you know, it's and, and and here's the other the other part of it. Uh Nashville DC Nashville just finished 1-1 uh goal from Eric uh, Sogra, uh which I guess is a good thing you're seeing academy guys step up and 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 make score opportunities and maybe that's the the idea that Ben's just going to Yao gets moved up into the into the spot and maybe he's ready. Um, that would be, you know, an absolute best sort of, you know, finding a silver lining in this if, if Gao can step up and compete for serious minutes or Boateng steps up as well. Um, but there there have been no real, I don't think a single goal has been scored by a guy we would consider a top-line player. Kamara, no goals. Assad and Flores have been injured. Ariel, obviously, uh, you know, didn't really play many minutes. Uh, but, you know, I don't think he's had a goal or anything. I mean, I have to go back and look. But the only players I can remember scoring are Eric Sogra and some academy guys. Michael um, Gamble has, I think, three, two or three goals. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, again, that's a that's I guess a good thing for the future and a good thing for Ryan Martin, who we're having coming up on the show. Uh, it looks like they 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 have some talent certainly at that academy position, and they're certainly there with the idea that they're competing for spots. Um, but you know, it's it, it's a level of concern. Um, I that this Philly game I think is going to be. Uh, hopefully we get a stream of that. It seems like, based on what golf's saying, maybe we might get some sort of way to watch this team, actually watch a game, um, which would be nice. Um, but you know, I you know, I I I'll have to say is thank 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 our lucky stars we're playing Colorado to open the season. Um, I mean, I know teams MLS teams are crazy, but I mean Colorado is probably the only team that hasn't broken their transfer record. Um, they are still trudging out Kai Kamara out there, thinking he can make a make a difference. I would still recommend not placing any bets on this game. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sports book is opening soon at Audi Field, but I recommend you don't use it for MLS. Just unless you like lighting your money on fire and being really upset. I say this as a person who has only done this once or twice and has regretted it both times. Make, make, make fun bets. Make, make bet your team is going to win the championship because then. You know, you bet ten bucks, and then you, and then if they win, you know, not only is it a great experience and life changing, almost, it's also you want some money too. So that that's my only now. Point. Don't bet if, seriously, is I think my my recommendation. Don't bet seriously, but what you could do is if Caesar, I think it's a Caesar Sportsbook. If they start having weird prop bets about the games, like about like I don't know, like I don't know anything you could probably do. Like how many dribbles does O'Neill Fisher do in the first half? Like get really granular with it. That could be fun because you could do like a weird, you know, parlay in the first half. That's when that's what that's how England has it right. They have like all these stupid, you know, three hundred to one. Like how long are this player's socks going to be? That's that's funny at least. So that way that way at least it's not and don't bet a lot of money. Throw like a dollar or two on each thing and you know have a good time. But certainly don't bet on. Uh, don't think that you can predict outcomes in MLS. <laughs> you will you will not. 
Yeah, I mean, I was looking back at some of like I was looking back at like 2019 predictions, and like teams had New York Red Bulls being finishing like top of the table. Um, there was a lot last year of like we think that everything is going to stay the same in the Eastern Conference. Here, here's the breakdown. We think it's all going to be the same. I think maybe some people were saying DC would be top two. So I mean, it, all these experts and everything like that. It's also really hard because probably not a lot. Of, even the MLS, like you know, the the people who watch this game week in and week out don't really get an opportunity to watch soccer or watch these teams because none of these games have been available to stream in preseason. Um, and so it's, it's going to be, this is the, this is the year and there's so much change too, just in the amount of talent that's coming in this league, 16 teams breaking their transfer record, Columbus, Philly, DC breaking, of course, breaking their transfer record. I mean, that, that's a significant part of, of all of this. Um, but DC's roster is in trouble and I, I think they have, they still have a strong front 11, but we're entering the same conversation, you know, we did 2019 and the other season. Is it deep enough right now? No, it certainly isn't. And we know it's not enough. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest problem that DC just can't seem to correct. Um, you know, some of it's bad luck. Ariel is bad luck, Yep. but you make your own luck sometimes and, and not sort of having a, player you can point to and say that's Ariola's replacement. You have players that have question marks. Boateng, Yao, question huge question marks on both those guys. And those are kind of your next guys up. Segura, I guess, is the other guy. He's solid, but he's not certainly not a guy who's going to give you the same upside that that Ariola does. So I would like to see this is this is this is important to me. <clears throat> if we're gonna fill out the roster, I don't want it to be with MLS filler guys that are in in the in the like the mold of a Boateng. Uh, if if we're if we're not going to do that, if we're just going to ride with basically the talent that we have, play Yao, play play Nyman, play Paredes. Let's if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, spend the minutes wisely. I don't need to really see Boateng out there. He's fine as a filler. He's fine for Open Cup, but don't tell me like, all right, well I think you know he's going to start eight or 10 games this year. I don't want to see that. I'd, I have no interest in seeing that. That that to me says this team is going the wrong direction. If that's the, if that's the solution they find. So let's hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and you know, the team, I say the team has, a, has a week now where they, they need to show something. And they, I think they, they need to get players on that, right? Even if they don't play that game, you need to give your fans something to at least say like, Hey, you know, we recognize the deficiencies, you know, we're going to go out there before it's just been like, Oh, you know, we're, we're looking, Oh yeah, we're looking real hard to find somebody, and you know it's you're wondering if it's even going to happen. So I'm getting emails for buying tickets to opening day uh, here, uh, ten days out for single game tickets <laughs> for the opener, and uh, you know we'll we'll, I'll, we'll have this up as we're as we're talking, but that's usually not a super great sign. Uh, the cheapest oh wow, lots of seats available, lots of seats available at thirty five dollars. All over the field, so uh, so yeah. So I think I think that <laughs> I think I think the I, I don't think the uh, the fan base is is uh, is vibing right now with uh, DC United's roster. It's gonna take it's gonna take some results. And it's some gonna take for as uh, highlight reels. Yeah, perhaps. it's gonna it's gonna take winning. I think is the key thing here. The team needs to go out and win. And if you asked me after the Gressel trade, I would have said I think this team set up to to, to win. Um, and maybe just a couple more signings. Those haven't happened, and now Ariel is out. So I'm feeling much, much less confident. Um, real quick, uh, before we bring on uh, Ryan Martin coming up in the second segment, um, DC still does not have a TV deal. Um, we pretty much, you know, all all indications are it's going to be Sinclair, uh, but we haven't uh, gotten sort of any official word. 
the deal looks like it's going to be mostly on the um, uh, new old news channel eight. I'm not going to try to say what they're. <laughs> yeah, and this is and this is we we sort of talk touched this a little bit on the show. Um, it was kind of a disaster of a live show, but I felt we really didn't give it sort of the prudence. And you know, the the good point is that there 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 really aren't any good options for local streaming rights. This is, I think, due in large part why MLS is just going to package the rights all up in one in one and give it to split it between Fox and ESPN, and they can pick and choose games and put the rest on ESPN Plus and. Call it, call it a, call it a day. Um, because I mean, DC's has a really, really crappy situation. You have one network in NBC Sports, which does a good job, high production values, but doesn't, uh, will, will not prioritize your games. Uh, if the Wizards and Capitals are playing, guess what? You're on Monumental Sports, or you're on some other network. Um, we don't. We, if, if George Washington University is playing, you might be on <laughs> Monumental Sports. Exactly, exactly. So I mean, they, there just aren't any good options uh, there, and, and that's the everybody. I was like, oh, we we should be on CSN, we should be on NBC Sports, and you know, I would I would generally agree with you. I think that's the better of the options production wise and everything like that. But you know, again, if 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 you know, twenty percent of the games aren't on TV, that doesn't really solve DC's problem. So now we're back to Sinclair. Um, the good thing is they have an over the air network, and it's still. It baffles me a little bit that, you know, again, we don't have the final details yet, but I wish, I, I really wish that there are, there is ABC 7, there is ABC 7.1, there's ABC 7, 7.2, 0.3, 0.4, these auxiliary channels, you cannot convince me otherwise that there's not a way you can simulcast, if you want to put on news channel 8 and have it, eight, you know, fine, go ahead, but I don't understand why they can't put, also put these games one thing, other thing to consider is too is Sinclair also has um, a network called Stadium, which is a live streaming service. Maybe they'll put games there, or at the very least, you know, if you're going to go news channel and say, "Well, now we're also we also have a streaming deal with ESPN Plus," just like Chicago did. Chicago went out and they signed a deal with I think uh, was it WLGH WGN World's Greatest Network. Yeah, that's, that's their that's their call sign. Yeah, uh, so home of the Cubs. Yeah, home of the Cubs. Uh, pretty uh, long time. I, I I remember like that channel. You can get like yep. on your cable like anywhere. Pretty much. It's yep. it's a little crazy. It was like when the Braves were on TBS. It yeah. was the it was the way that sort of people were became Cubs fans living in Virginia, for instance. Yeah, um, by by watching those games. I, I became a Braves fan because they were on TBS. So mm-hmm. be curious to see like how many of that games go. And they also have a streaming package though. You can just you in market. You can get ESPN Plus and out of market too. Because if you're you're out of market provider. For MLS is uh, is ESP, ESPN Plus too, so I would love to see them work out some type of deal like that because a lot of people are saying they're moving back to Sinclair. Like, well, I guess I'm watching at bars or I'm not watching because I cut cords. I have Hulu. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think you're I think you're in a similar boat. I am. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I was looking. I was trying to figure out what garbage cable package I have to purchase to be able to watch this team play on terrestrial uh, TV and also the Nationals because they also don't stream in market. So I'm I'm double hosed. I'm double hose there, it, but and and this is go ahead. Sorry, I'll let you. Yeah, no, me. News Channel Eight. It better be in HD now, at least. Yeah. It wasn't the last time they were on it. If it's not, we riot. <laughs> we figure out where we figure out where the headquarters is, and we start pulling all the plugs out of their out of their uh, power sockets. And 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 this is so. This is the biggest problem. So for me, living in Richmond, if it's like it was last time, not only was I not blacked out at all in the in the Richmond market, I could watch it on at the time MLS Live. I think I don't think ESPN Plus 
was the thing. It might have been the last part of the deal. But oh, I'm I, almost live. I miss you. Yeah. <laughs> I miss you too, man. Uh, I miss – oh, God, I'm almost live. It's so great. But, um, and I'm trying to wrap this up really quickly. Sorry. But uh, not only can I could I watch it on ESPN+, Plus, but there was an o- there's an over-the-air network called – I think it's My Network TV. I just actually bought an antenna in preparing for this, and they showed games on the network. So I had it over the air, and I had it on ESPN+. Plus. And it, it was actually a pretty good option for me here in Richmond. And I it's very, very upsetting that they can put it on an over-the-air network in Richmond. You know, they have all these networks. Sinclair owns all these networks around Virginia. And they're putting it on all these, you know, auxiliary over-the-air networks. Even if it's some crappy over-the-air network, at least you can get it. And the fact that it's like, nope, in D.C. we are we are having maybe a few games on ABC. The rest are going to News Channel, News Channel 8 with cable. Um, so... I just don't get why you have you have other avenues you can put this game on where everyone can get it. Everyone can go buy an antenna and it it, it passes your audience. It, it kind of baffles me that they're they're stuck on this twenty four oh twenty four hour news channel. That's where we want to have DC games. <laughs> That's where we want to have them. There must be some sort of requirement that Comcast or some other cable companies have. I, I can only think of that. I don't know. Yeah, it's that, or we have to have a channel that has a fraction in it, or like a decimal. There's, we just can't be on like. ABC or CBS or <laughs> well, some, oh well you, you know, know a fraction channel that's over the air is better than News Channel Eight. I mean, well, it's the same thing as last year. Last time, I'm like, hey, just buy a Roku. Now it's like, hey, just buy a HD antenna and and stick it on your window, weirdo. Like, why we get we can't just be like, I just turned on the TV and then the game was on and then I watched it. But we've got yeah. to do like, go buy a thing, make it work. And anyway, it's stupid. It will be resolved shortly. It will be better than Flow Sports probably, but if it isn't in HD, it won't be, and I will I will endlessly talk about it. Me me with a cell phone standing at um, me with a cell phone broadcasting on Periscope at Audi Field would be a better option than Flow Sports. Probably. Let's be serious. So probably. I mean, it, it's kind of like everybody's like, oh man, Sinclair again. Oh man, but you know, it's it's better than Flow Sports. All right, I think we're gonna go ahead uh, take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we got Ryan Martin. Maybe Ryan Martin will bring us some joy because man, that was like like a factory of sadness for like it was 20, a dark day. 25 minutes you listen to the Arctic Refugees podcast uh, we will be right back welcome back to the RFK Refugees podcast Ted here John here joined by the current head coach of Loudoun United DC's uh, absolutely fantastic USL championship team and the former academy director uh, for DC United Ryan Martin Ryan thanks for joining us Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it, and and thanks for all, all you do for the club and soccer in the area here. You are you are too kind, my friend. You are too kind. So I will get us started. Uh, we had a first segment that was pr- uh, pretty dark days, talking about the uh, Ariola injury and just sort of all the other things. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on that bent uh, for these first two questions, and then hopefully we'll get to the to the the, the brighter sunshine uh, after that. So. Uh, big losses in the goal scoring department uh, since last year with Kyle Murphy uh, heading to Tampa Bay. Uh, what players are you looking for to make up for the gap in scoring? I know that we've got a lot of new players coming in. Um, how, how's your tack looking? How are you feeling uh, heading into? We still got a couple weeks till we're looking at the final roster, but how how you feeling so far? To be honest, we we feel pretty good. Um, we have a, a young Senegalese striker, Ali Endor, that came in and 
uh, I think scored five goals in the last six games or four in the last five and, and made quite a uh, impression late in the year. So we felt really good about him. And then obviously, you know, you look at like a, you know, Griffin Yao that will probably feature with us again, um, you know, with another year of maturity and growth, you know, we're excited to work with him. And then Michael Gamble, who's, you know, already scored two goals with the first team down in Florida, you know, is a big addition for us in terms of um, someone out of maybe midfield or wide that can get goals. And then another homegrown guy, Kevin Paredes, uh, playing in the wide area. So, you know, we'll, we'll miss Kyle Murphy. We'll, we'll probably, to be honest, miss him more off the field in a lot of ways with his experience, um, leadership, you know, than we will on the field because I think Ali and some of the guys will, will be able to fill in in terms of numbers. Um, but we're excited. I think it's going to be a pretty fun attacking young group. Uh, I find it interesting you brought up uh, you brought up Griffin Yao featuring for the team. I guess you know situations have changed kind of drastically for for the uh, for the parent club DC. Have you heard any indication from Ben or the the coaching staff as to what their plans are for for Yao now that uh, Ariel looks like he's out for a considerable amount of time? To be with any young player, and you know Ben and I talk pretty much every day or every other day. With any young player, it's it's the biggest battle they have a lot of times is the mental side of the game, and, and in particular the consistency in their game. Um, and, and so it's going to kind of depend on Griffin and his maturity and how he grows and develops through training, through games. Um, you know, if he comes in and he's consistent and getting and doing well in training, then all of a sudden it's it's a, it's a no brainer and it makes it easy. If he's not, then maybe it's a game or two with Loudon, and then we can kind of hopefully help him get back to. Um, you know, the first team, you know, I think that will be his biggest challenge, but it is a big, the big challenge for any young player. Um, and, and Griffin has showed moments. We just need to see it in a more consistent fashion. Yeah. I think, I think anybody who watched Griffin play feature for Loudon last year would agree with that. It was, uh, ups and downs and, and that's the case for, you know, most young players. Um, so th- there was quite a bit of transition from the roster, uh, year to year here with, you know, I exaggerate a little bit here, but seemingly half the roster uh, went to go play for the New England Revs two side. It seemed like at least on, all in one day, they all seemed to sign. Um, was that always the plan? Was it always in mind that you were going to have sort of a big year to year change in your in your roster makeup? Or have you had to fill more slots than you anticipated uh, going into the offseason? No, to, to be honest, I think so. I, I came in like 12 games into the year for Richie last year, and, and then Dane Murphy was the technical director at the time, and now we have Stuart Mayers, who's done a you know very good job in, in terms of that role. So for, for Stuart and I, and, and obviously Dave Casper as well, it's like, can we, uh, you know, our model was a little bit different than maybe it was a year ago, um, where we're looking for really guys that are between 18 and 23 that we think have a future in the first team, you know? So it's like, you know, where we'll lose maybe an older player or, or a veteran here or there. It's like, we, you know, we feel like our roster is, is as talented, maybe more so than it was last year, just younger. Um, but that's also kind of what we're looking for is like, if something like this happens to a player in the first team, can we help develop guys that, you know, maybe didn't come from our academy? Maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's Ali Indoor or maybe it's, uh, you know, we just signed, a, you know, another guy, Ali Ngansi, you know, from uh, Mozambique. It's like maybe it's one of those guys that break through and can make it for the first team. That's a, that's a great setup for my next question. And I'm sure that you've answered this, and I, I think I've actually even heard you answer this before in a different interview, so humor me for our audience's sake. So understanding the dual role, the nature of your of your position, 
where you are developing those players for the first team. You are bringing those academy players into their first taste of professional soccer, uh, as well as trying to win games in USL and, and sort of perform for the fans that are buying tickets in Loudoun. How does, how, how does the evaluation process look like for you with, with ownership, uh, with your bosses on, on either side of it? Uh, is it basically, please do all those things well? Or is there, you know, how, how, what's success look like for you uh, as the coach for Loudon? I, I think it's a combination, you know, for me, it's, you know, obviously, yeah, you know, the competitive side, we all want to win. But I think if you're looking at development and you're looking at young players in particular, it's like part of development is winning. Um, you know, it's like Griffin Yao, Kevin Paredes, Moses, even Donovan Pines, even, you know, some of the other guys, like, part of their growth is like they have to learn how to compete and win and they have to learn how to deal with pressure and deal with uh deal with situations because that's what the mls is that's what the professional level is it's it's is it's dealing with fans it's dealing with trying to get to the playoffs it's dealing with competing so for me my ideal situation this year is making the playoffs and and, and my that's my expectation of the group i've said it from day one with them we are four points off last year um and, and and quite frankly, I was like, I don't think there's any reason why we can't do it this year. Whether, you know, we will be young, we'll probably be the youngest team in the league. But uh, I've been very, very, you know, excited about kind of the growth and development of the group. So, you know, as we kind of get more into a rhythm and in, in terms of rhythm, I mean, when the first team's back in town, it helps me because they're around where we can all uh, just being in the same city helps us. So, you know, me being an Audi next to Ben is a huge thing where in Florida, there's a little bit of a disconnect, but it's also, he's got seven of my guys down there between the two camps. So, um, there's a, there's a very good pathway for the kids, but in terms of just your answer, it's like, yeah, we want to make the playoffs because these guys need to learn how to compete. They need, need to learn how to compete against grown men and they need to, to find their way into it. I think why Loudon fans can be excited is, you know, when you're looking at like your traditional um, USL teams and like some of your older groups where maybe have bigger budgets or bigger, you know, players that are getting goals and stuff, the USL for a lot of these guys might be their ceiling or they might've gone into the MLS and might've fizzled out, or it might not have stuck um, where you're looking at like a Moses Neiman or a Griffin where their ceiling is, is extremely high. And it's like, if things go according to plan, they'll be playing in the league. They'll be playing maybe overseas with the national teams and different things. So, um, you know, for me, that's why Loudon fans should be excited. It's like, oh, is, is this just kind of DC's, you know, send? no, no, this is some of DC's top young players and guys that will feature for the team for years to come is our, is our goal. You know, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up a lot of those guys um, like Griffin Yao. Um, I I don't know if you're aware of this. Um, I, I live in Richmond, um, so you know I, I've been a kicker season ticket holder for a couple of years, and I guess as fun as much as I enjoyed uh, watching guys like Colin Martin, Michael Seaton, um, and uh, and uh, Chris Durkin sort of come to the team, and it was it was super fun to watch them kind of develop. Um, I I understand the the idea of trying to sign a player. And then saying, "Oh, by the way, you're going to have to, you know, travel up and down 95, uh, you know, a couple, you know, a couple days a week, or uh, you know, for the whole week, or you know, I guess with Durkin, it's easy because he's from here, so uh, that was probably a little bit easier. But I mean, I guess how is sort of having this Loudon team? You you served as the academy director. I'm sure you've had 
conversations with a lot of these kids and, and guys that you were looking to sign for DC. Has has there been a more now that there's this team established that's, you know, basically in, in DC's backyard, has there been sort of an uptick? Is it is it a little easier to advertise to these kids, you know, hey, maybe, you know, we think you're really good. You know, you know, you don't need to worry about college. You're going to get minutes now in loud and you can stay local. You don't have to go to Richmond or Columbus or wherever to, to get minutes. No, for sure. And, and, and I, you know, before I was here, I you know was in Cincinnati and, you know, at, at FC Cincinnati before that Columbus crew. But before that, I spent eight years at Wake Forest. Um, so I worked with Jalen Robinson and Colin Martins and I, I you know, know their experiences between the Richmonds and different things. I think the big thing, you know, a couple of things here are one is, uh, yeah, it becomes a tangible goal of these kids. It's like it is a real goal to become a professional soccer player now and to stay here. I think the other thing about me in this role, as opposed to like a Richmond in Richmond at the time, you know, Lee Kalashaw is like, you know, his job was to win games. It it wasn't to help Jalen become a first-team player. It wasn't to help Colin Martins and Michael Seaton's become players. That there's really no patience for it. You know, the fans, like you said, you know, I, I when I was in Cincinnati, it's like we played down at Richmond. It's like the the fans wouldn't accept you know losing and the, you know competing and all this. So for me, it's. Um, yeah, it, the difference is I know the methodology of the club. I know these kids because I not only was the academy director, but I coached Griff. In fact, Griff was the first player I brought into D.C. when I became the academy director. Um, him and him and a kid, Brian Kale, were the, the first two guys I actually brought in. Um, in. In terms of like, hey, here is the pathway. Here is what we're looking for. Here is your reality. Um and like I said, they've only scratched the surface of what they can do. And, and that's where my now my next job is to make sure, the, you know, their first contract isn't their only contract. Brian Kao, the one that the one that slipped away, unfortunately, for all of us. Uh, so one thing that Ted, this is this is driven Ted and I crazy. This is going to be our fan question that will probably sound uh, very unsophisticated. Uh, when we it drives us crazy when young players that could be playing for Loudon end up on the bench for the big club, never playing minutes. Usually on the away, usually they'll make up the 18 on the away, on an away match. So they'll fly out. They'll miss the opportunity to play for loud on the weekend. They'll sit on the bench. They'll warm up. They won't get into subs and that'll be it. They're just providing cover for the big team. Do you wish that happened less? Does it matter? Or does the travel and the game day experience, I know that it factors in and it's good for a young player to get that, uh, you know, that, that professional experience that road trip that, that business trip experience or would it be better if those players are getting uh, you know stand like regular minutes donovan pines comes to mind for me he played i believe two or three matches for you guys uh in loudon and then became he had his run and he had his run in the first team and then he didn't anymore and then that was it and he was just we he needed they needed the big team needed him for cover for for minutes because they were short and, and other places how does that affect long-term development for those players how does it affect loudon uh, when that happens and, or are we making too big of a deal of this? No, I, I think I, th you know, that's something that, you know, Ben, myself, Dave Casper, Stu, you know, we've all addressed in the off season, you know, when I came in and, in, uh, you know, in June, you know, June 1st of last year with with Loudon, it was like, you know, kind of our first try at this and, and how are we going to balance it and how can we find the best way? And it was all kind of, you know, on the fly. Like I said, Richie went up to New England and, and then it all kind of happened. Um, we're trying right now to, to, like you said, find the best recipe for development for these for these kids and for 
you know, their careers moving forward, but also give the first team enough cover where, um, you know, they're protected. And, and it's like, so yeah, that is something that we've addressed as a, you know, as a club. And it's like, um, I think we're in a much better place this year. I think, you know, heading into this year, I feel significantly better because Donovan Pines, you know, playing, you know, playing for me helps Griffin helps me, you know, coming down to Loudon. So for me, it's, it's, uh, you know, no brainer. And, and for Ben, it's the same thing. So I think we're in a really good place in terms of how we communicate, who needs what, who needs what type of minutes, um, you know, the tricky part is when you get like Griff who's going into a World Cup and how do you balance that to make sure he's as fit and sharp as he can be or Donovan is going in with the 20s, um, you know, those type of situations. But to be honest, that's why the majority of my team is is going to be under the age of 25 so they can be loaned into the first team to create more depth all around. Any guys, uh, do you uh, foresee Griffin Yao or uh, Donovan Pines potentially featuring in the Olympic team at all? Just out of curiosity, you you brought up them playing for the youth national teams. I, I just I, I was kind of curious about that. Yeah, I, I, well, one is I think the national team, you know, once they start figuring out, you know, who's coaching which age groups and what they're looking for and identifying their their system of play and style and how they want to do it. But, yeah, I think they've all got, you know, very good attributes in different ways. You know, obviously Griffin featured with the 17s. You know, I think Moses Neiman's got a very bright future with the national teams. I think Kevin Paredes has a very bright future. And then there's even a couple guys that are, you know, with Loudon right now only, um, you know, like a Jeremy Garay or, or a Jacob Green who were both with the first team in the, in in, uh, in Florida or, or Ted Cudi Pietro that are all guys that could kind of, break in and and that's really my goal and, and role to try to help these kids give them those opportunities and that's Ben's you know Ben wants the same we all are kind of fighting for the same thing and that's why you know loud and so important um you know really and it's like uh, you know I haven't you know Griff has been with the first team all year Kevin you know KP Moses but it's like when they come down they know my expectations they know what we're looking for but their their mentality is what sets them apart and why I think they're going to make it in the long run Cudi Pietro's Dallas Cup made me a made me a big fan, and I wish that there was a way that that all these academy games that were that were being played were able to be streamed for the fans, much less the preseason games that all of us are wishing we could be seeing right now, so that we could be informed podcasters. But beyond that, it would be great if the academy games could somehow be available for fans. Um, how eager are you for the training facility to be finished in Loudon? And subsection sub sub question: How how far is your commute <laughs> to Segra at the moment? Yeah, so I live in D.C. still, so my, you know, every day I, I leave around 6. It takes 40 minutes because I, you know, kind of try to beat traffic. But, um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, out in Segura, it's a, it's a great setup. It's a professional environment. It's a professional stadium. Um, you know, so from my end, it's like, yeah, is it a little bit further? Yeah, but it's also our own, and we can call it that, and it, it, it makes us a professional club, and it gives us opportunities. We've got a very good relationship with a gym out there in terms of helping the guys grow and develop, which is a big piece that, you know, when I sat down with Ben, Nolan, Dave, Casper, Stewart, et cetera, in the offseason, it was like, okay, so, you know, we have some gifted guys here. We have some gifted soccer players. All right, physically, how can we get them up to speed? How can we make Moses healthy where, he, you know, he, he nothing happens? And how can we make Griffin more explosive? You know, Kevin, the same thing. So it's like for us, it, it's um, 
you know, we feel like year two, we're, you know, significantly further along than we were in year one. Um, and we're just very excited about that. And like I said, our academy is doing a great job. And the guy, Dave Sanford, who is underneath me, but, you know, when I was in the academy, is taking over. And um, I think the club's in a really, really good place. Um you know, can it always be better? Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I feel like we're all rowing in the same direction, fighting the same fight. Do you know if it's still on track for, for, for summer or, or fall of this, uh, of this up next year uh, for the actual facility to be in place and be built? I know I'm sure that you're seeing dirt. If there's dirt being moved around, you're seeing it. Um, is that still the plan? I don't know the timing of it, to be honest with you. I mean, there is action going on out there. I don't know what the, the timing and situation is, but I do know there, you know, there's something happening out there. So, um, you know, we're kind of in a, you know, I'm, I'm in a wait and see, you know, pattern. I'm kind of you know, one of the, not last to know, but you know, in terms of soccer, yeah. I kind of focus there and <laughs> let everybody else do the rest. And when they tell me to train there, I'll do it. Uh, Ryan, I wonder if you can give us. Uh, we all know about the the DC Academy guys, Griffin Yao, you know, Donovan Pines. If he if he ends up spending some time down there, um, who's a player maybe that maybe we don't know? Maybe a guy who you've been watching this preseason who you think we're 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 gonna know his name if, if we follow Loudon games, we watch them. Uh, you know, he he's the he's the Gordon Wild. He's the uh, he's the Kyle Murphy, the guy that sort of comes in. Maybe we don't really know him, but we certainly know him by the end of the season. Yeah, for for me right now, I think if you well, I don't know. I'm excited about a number of guys, but it's like uh, you know, in particular Jeremy Garay, who's uh, you know I feel is as a 17 year old one of the most talented kids I've seen in his range of passing, and you know grew up in our academy, grew up right here in D.C., and I think he's going to have a very good year. Um, Brandon Williamson um, is another one that you know another D.C. United prospect, you know product that basically came through the area went to duke and is now back with us so um you know i'm I'm very excited really about those guys in particular about what they can do and what they can bring to what we're trying to push through and then the last one i think is adam lundegaard um who's like a big left-footed center back that uh, he's another like really high-end talent that i think with this this opportunity in Loudon, i think is just going to continue to keep growing and, and moving forward so I noticed I've made I've made this comment a couple times uh, in the podcast last year. It seemed like there were a lot of players, and I've not followed USL before like Ted has, so Ted would probably have better insight into this. But it seemed like there were a lot of players coming in uh, past the midpoint of the season, uh, just sort of coming off the street and ending up in the starting lineup uh, the next week. I assume that was a lot to do with sort of filling gaps with players moving back and forth in the first team. It just seemed like there was a lot of player movement all throughout the season where it seemed like from if I'm you and, I, and I'm looking at the trying to develop a cohesive unit and, and team, uh, you know, on the field every week, it seemed like it would have been a challenge. Is that was that unusual? Did that feel like you were just uh, this sort of special circumstances or is this just sort of the way it goes in this tier of soccer? You've got to be always trying to, to chop and, 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 and bring in new players when you can find them. No, to be honest with you, I, I think, I think uh, you know, my philosophy of, of – I wanted to bring the academy kids in more. Um, I wanted to give them more of an opportunity, and, and, and that's – you know, I, I wanted to really create a very good environment for them in particular where it's like can we help 
you know, an older player, maybe like a Carlos Alvarez who comes in, it's like, can he help be a vehicle to help a Moses get to the first team? Can we really create an atmosphere for a combination of the young guys and then the older guys coming in and helping? Um, I felt like when I came in, there's a couple pieces of the locker room that needed to change. And, and, you know, with Stewart's help and Dave's help and support, it's, you know, we were able to make some changes. And then, you know, I wanted to bring in more Academy kids. You know, I, I worked with them for years. I know what they're all about. I know their quality. And in the end of the day, it's like, this is what it's really about. It's like, it is about a Griffin, Yow, a Moses, a Kevin. We have a very good generation. And it's like, those are just three. There's for sure another three or four that are, that are not quite of that level, but are very close. And it's, uh, you know, I, you know, I've got, I feel a responsibility every day to try to help them get to the first team. All right. I think, uh, we're going to wrap. I have one last question for you. I, I know you talk with Ben a lot. I, I would be, I would be shocked if this did not come up, but I have to ask you about DC's uniform, red shorts or black shorts. What, what do you got? To be honest, I actually like the red shorts. Yeah, there you go. That's the right answer. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually like when I when I first saw it, I was a little bit skeptical, and then I saw the whole thing. I was like, wow, that's a pretty sharp looking kid. <laughs> we we agree here on the show. We a hundred percent agree. Um, Ryan, uh, thank you so so much uh, for joining us. Uh, best of luck to you this season. Uh, can't wait to to watch the games on ESPN Plus and. Um, I had a lot of fun watching uh, watching those games last year. So, um, and I, I'm going to try to figure out a way to get out to Segra. Um, it's it's kind of a drive from Richmond to Loudon. So figure uh, it out, Ted. I've been there at least three times, <laughs> and I was there for the opener. So, uh, you know, we got to make it happen. We'll figure. Thanks. Thanks. No, and and there's plenty of breweries, plenty of vineyards. You can come out, do like a brewery, come check a game out. It's a, it's not it's a pretty good situation. It yeah. is. There are certainly worse ones for sure. Normally we tell we normally we say uh, any of our guests. Uh, so where where can we find you on the internet and what, what do you want to plug? Uh, but you're going to plug, go see loud United games. I would assume that would probably be what your, your uh, statement would be. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. I, like I said, I, I think it's going to be a fun year. And like, you know, even like, uh, you know, last year towards the end, I, you know, we conceded too many goals, but we scored quite a few. So it's uh, at the very least, you get exciting and entertaining soccer. You get a bunch of young, you know, future prospects and, and uh, you know, hopefully guys that will feature for the, you know, in red shorts here in the near future. exactly (laughs) all right ryan thanks so much for joining us thanks guys really appreciate it and stick around uh we got one more segment to wrap up the show you're listening to the rfk refugees podcast Welcome back to the Arc for Refugees podcast. Thank you so much to Ryan Martin, coach of Loudoun United, for coming on the show. Um, I think that was a that was a really good interview. I think we got a lot of good uh, a lot of good insight for Loudoun and kind of how how the whole relationship with DC works. Um, this is this is something I think that I I I was very very happy to hear Ryan's like no I, I want to bring in academy guys and um, you know I think that should be the goal. I mean obviously to win games and I think he was very honest about that, but definitely want to develop you know stars and. You know, I think there's kind of been a lost generation of, of Academy products. You know, we got really lucky with Bill Hamid and Andy Nahar. Um, and now it's, uh, you know, it's kind of the, the well dried up a little bit. Um, Donovan Pines, Griffin Yao, um, the other Ted, uh, who's not named me. Ted Pietro, yeah. Kevin Paredes, Moises Nyman. Yeah. There's a lot of names here that Lo- are on the cusp. 
And yeah. I think it's great. It's it's good. You know, I, I asked him that question because I know he's been asked it before. And there was always the question when they were building the team, what are we trying to do here? What's the goal? And he made it explicitly clear. I think, I think that specifically when Richie Williams left and he came in, they were very much like, all right, just play these, play the young kids as much as possible. Let's get something out of this. Uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't necessarily have to create an identity. We were going to try to do go our own way and bring in some senior players, but now it's in 20 or in 2020, the goal is we are going to develop young players. We are going to have a, a roster of under 25 year old players that are going to be young enough to be able to shuttle back and forth between the big team when they need a replacement. Uh, and I think that's great. And particularly the fact that the two teams train so closely together and, and he has such a great line of communication open, open with Ben, uh, that's that's the that's the best way in my in my mind to use a a, a two a two squad a, a, you know a, an affiliate squad so and um, and, and to sort of sort of add to sort of add a little bit to that um, you know look at look at what um, uh, look look at what uh, New York's done I've talked about them a lot and what they've been able to do a lot of people are predicting them not to make the playoffs they haven't made any big signings. But the caveat is, is that they have a wonderful academy that they've sort of folded into New York Red Bulls too. They dominate the USL Championship, and when they've needed players in a pinch, they've thrown them in there. They've been not shy about that, and um, I think that that is sort of the dream of what we want Loudon to be. We want Loudon to be that team where DC's playing on a, a a three game stint in a week, and they feel comfortable enough that they can throw in a majority of academy guys and come out with a result. Um, and New York did that time and time again one year, and they ended up winning the Supporter Shield. Um, that that's a dream to have that type of depth. And you know, we we, we talked a lot of doom and gloom about about Ariola, but this gives an op- this does give an opportunity for a guy like Griffin Yao. Uh, the academy guys have probably been you know based on again we're talking Twitter. Academy guys have been the brightest spots right now. Um, we, we've seen a lot of good players that have been sort of playing in, against MLS sides, and some of them are reserves, and some of them are full teamers. But we're seeing sort of, you know, a a certain uh, confidence and swagger amongst those players. And I think that's going to be something to watch. Maybe maybe DC feels comfortable enough with playing these playing these guys um, over bring, bringing it in. They're going to have to. Unless they sign a bunch of players, they're going to have to get comfortable with yeah. it pretty quick. And uh, they look like, again, following the team by at DC United Match Day uh, exclusively is the way we are doing. This is the best we can do. Folks. <laughs> yeah, this is really it. And thank you all for being so patient with us. We hope um, we are we are working hard at work trying to plan out and and figure out what we're going to do um, for the opening uh, opening game, the opening live stream that we're going to do. Um, yeah, we're going to be at the Screaming Eagles tailgate. We got that all set up. Um, we got the we got a table. Um, hopefully, if, if our Wi-Fi connection is good enough, we'll do it live. I think I think we're going to kind of play that one by ear. I don't know if we can officially say we're going to do it. There's a couple things I've been thinking about about how we're going to do it. Um, but we're I, I, I definitely want to try to get that live for you um, for sure. So um, so please stop on by. Even yes. if you're not a Screaming Eagles member, you're allowed to come by. If you were thinking, should I become a Screaming Eagles member? You should just to come see us. If that's what it takes, you should do it. Pay your pay your dues, and then you can get cheap cheap booze for the rest of the season. Who knows where we'll be? I think I think in a perfect world, we'd like to do this at each tailgate, uh, at each of the supporter groups tailgates, which would be hilarious because they're varying levels of organized. So there may be one. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't say so, which which group we might be just like sitting on the floor uh, on a laptop. 
yelling into like a, a megaphone. Who knows? So, so yeah. So the, uh, the the district ultra ones might be a little bit of a challenge considering they are behind a uh, I think a gay strip club or they're near a gay strip. Perfect. Club. They've <laughs> so... got probably good acoustics in there. Maybe they a good PA system. We can borrow. <laughs> uh, they're they're behind in an alleyway, uh, which is still fun. I, I do. I, I've I've said I've had the probably I've I haven't done the Screaming Eagles tailgate yet, so this will be a new experience for me. But I, I've had I've had a lot of fun at the Ultras tailgate. Um, a lot of the guys there are really nice and. Um, I, I've made some kind of some new friends and some new people who were really pumped that I was on the podcast when I gave them a sticker. So that that was really cool. I'm um, getting stickers. There's yes. a few left. I'm going to buy some more. So it's going to be raining stickers at the Matthew Henson Conservation Center uh, <laughs> by the river. Yep. On the yep. 29th. All right, I think is there. Uh, I guess we'll we'll go ahead and drop. Uh, we got the patreon.com slash rhu refugees. You want to donate to the show? We're we're also working on trying to make that. I know we've we've talked about that a lot, um, but I think we're really going to try to to commit to uh, giving you guys some content. Uh, you guys have been awesome about donating to us. Um, I think we've we we've stuck around a good mark, and it's it's certainly helped us uh, sort of grow and expand the show. Um, and that's been great. Uh, but we want to make sure you guys are getting you know more for your money, even though um, some people have upped their membership. Um, which has been great, um, you know, and 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 we really if you're curious do. what it goes. If you're curious what it goes to, uh, the fact that we're going to have an extra microphone to to have you to join <laughs> the show, stuff like that, uh, to not have to go out of pocket on stuff like that, to not have to go out of pocket on our hosting fees, uh, makes all the difference. Particularly when we're doing this as a you know as our second or third job, <laughs> yeah. uh, a couple t- couple nights a week. So it's it's really it really is beneficial. And, it, and any dollar you can do to help us make this even easier, we really appreciate it. Uh, and even if you're just listening. And even if you're just following us on Twitter, and even if you're just posting about our show on Reddit, uh, we appreciate it. There was a, it was for me a a mind freak moment when I was looking through Reddit, and there was a there was a post about us doing the live show, uh, in, uh, <laughs> and I was like, I didn't post that. Who posted that? Other people can post things about our show. They're allowed to do that. So that was a that was a cool and weird experience. I didn't. I did not anticipate on having, but it, there it is. It never, it never ceases for me to be a weird experience when I get recognized at Audi Field and people are like, people telling the uh, concessions person, "This guy's famous. You should give him a free beer." Um, and Imagine <laughs> if we really were famous. It feels this good just being like weird, weirdly fake DC United famous. Imagine if you actually were. It's a, it's a weird world. So I, I've been to like I went to uh, MarsCon in Williamsburg, and that's very much kind of what it feels like to me. It's like the, there's a friend of mine who is 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 famous amongst this amongst this group at this con um, and he goes to a lot of other cons um, and there's a lot of that sort of atmosphere and I kind of feel that a little bit but it and it, and it feels awesome it, it certainly does feel awesome it's definitely definitely an, e- an ego boost um, for sure um, <laughs> boost our egos and yes. make it so that we never have to pay any of our own personal money to make this show yes uh, Twitter twitter.com slash RF refugees facebook.com RF refugees podcast will do Better job about Facebook. We're, we're we're great on Twitter. I mean, we anger fans on we I anger other other teams fans on Twitter. So we figured out Twitter. So we figured so, out how to do the podcast. Everything else is a work in progress. So so if you want if you want to know if you want me to pick another target um, another target for trolling, DM, uh, just, DM targets to Ted. Uh, DM person. targets or post them publicly and say hashtag Ted's next target, and I will I will sure. I will answer. Let's go. All right. Uh, Thank you all again so much for listening. Uh, You guys are awesome, and we will catch you all next week. Vamos. Vamos.